For Truth with a Texas Twang, Fireside Talk Radio, the show where women ponder the things we store in our hearts. Host Kathy Carafi invites experts to talk openly about what women care about, like how to create lifelong companionship, dealing with mental illness in our families, bullying at school, and many others. You name it, we talk about it. Listen in now as Kathy helps us find answers to our most tender questions. Welcome to Camp Crafty's Fireside Talk Radio, where our goal is to ponder over all the tried and true stuff women store in our hearts as we knit our families together in lifelong fellowship. Our favorite verse on this show is Luke 2.19, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Home Instead Senior Care is our sponsor. We want to thank them for recruiting the most devoted caregivers All caregivers are thoroughly screened, extensively trained, professional, and reliable, providing senior home care services in your loved one's home. Welcome to the show today. I'm so excited to introduce a very special guest. Today, we are talking to Miles Pike. Miles, I gave your bio some of it on the other episode, which we call, we're calling that one Harmony in Marriage. Choosing a Uniting Mission. You know, I wrote a whole uh, chapter on how to choose a mission, how to create a mission statement for your family in my marriage book, Miles. So I love it that you and Martha are so united in your vision and mission and the the idea of how you're going to raise your family. Oh, it, it's it's invaluable. It's, uh, it takes all the, the guesswork out of um out of parenting you know that doesn't mean that there won't be unique circumstances my goodness there, there's you know there'll always be something but as far as knowing what the other one desires as far as what do we expect out of our children and and what do we would accomplish today uh in their formula in their formulation and them growing so uh yeah it, it's it's very important to talk deeply and and uh and intimately about all of these details of life, but certainly about your children. You know, Miles, I love listening to you. I, I just loved it when I first saw you on stage and, and the you talk so authentically, it really grabbed my heart. And then I met your beautiful wife backstage and she is a miracle worker. She's just an amazing person. I always have a heart for strong, godly, good women. Like, I don't know. I mean, there's just something about that mommy stage she I believe she was pregnant with the twins I know she had at least one little one in her arms the day I met her here's what I think is interesting about the two of y'all you have traveled everywhere together you've been all over the world now I I'm almost torn I don't know what to ask you first I want to talk to you because you mentioned music catechisms which catechism is such a big churchy word I can't wait to talk to you more about that but all <laughs> And I'll also, simplify it for an East Texas boy. All right. Oh yeah, that'd be better. And then, um, and then I had this other thing I pulled off your bio because in it you mentioned about your marriage and your ministry about through health scares, family struggles, and sometimes this was the phrase that caught my eye: anemic national church scene. So I want to talk about anemic church, how that looks, and how you define that. But then I want to ask you, what would you say to us to, in the United States, American Christians? And also, 
I have many friends who don't even like Christians, you know? So what do you say to people like that? So you and I have so much to talk about. I don't know where to begin. Where do you want to start? <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, uh, as far as uh, what is in the Bible and, and, and referencing an anemic church scene, I think um, anyone with their antenna up uh, can't really um, ignore the fact that the American church is um, not what it once was. And so what has happened here, and basically what I would diagnosis an anemic church is um is is a church that doesn't preach the totality of the gospel and doesn't here's the word catechize its members because i feel like many churches you know you go to the people are you saved okay tell me about salvation how you got saved and they can tell their story but whenever it came down to getting into the scriptural uh, arguments that, say, Paul makes in Romans or or, uh, or what Jesus says one must do to be saved, that's where the anemia is. It's more about our individual experience and what Oprah may call our truth, but there is only one truth. And so I don't want to hear about your truth. I want to hear about the truth. And so put it in the context of your testimony. But if you can't articulate to me the basics of the gospel message, then you are either an anemic Christian or in an anemic church, and that is pervasive in um, in in the worldwide church, I, I would say. But certainly in an American context, where everything is uh, so much more materialistic—name it and claim it, blab it and grab it—you know, it's all about how we feel. And I don't really care how you feel. I care about what Christ has done in your life and in your heart. Wow, that is some powerful, I mean, like you are being very politically incorrect now. I want to go back a little, because I think this is going to give you a chance to really expand on what you're saying. I want to hear more about this idea that you can use music as a catechism for your children. And you promised to define that like an East Texas boy. So would you start there? (laughs) Absolutely. I, I looked at several definitions. This is the uh, the, the short version that pretty well encompasses all of them. But uh, catechism is a word that goes way, way back into church history. And the way that you can understand it as simply as possible is it is a summary of Christian principles in the form of question and answer. And so uh, just in a, in a very short um, example... Uh, Lily, our three-year-old, I've been going through a catechism book with her as soon as she was able to speak. Uh, so oh. all the way back, uh, uh, just after a year, year and a half, somewhere in there, we got seriously into it. And it's uh, the one that we used was uh, Tim Keller's New City Catechism. It's a very old catechism, but he's redone it for young ah. people. And Love so it. I even I even super simplified it. So um I won't go into all the intricacies of the book, but it's multi-layered where you can go through the book multiple times, and each time the child is learning progressively more and more on the question. So right now where Lily's at is the question I'll ask, who is God? And she says, mm-hmm. creator. The question, mm-hmm. what did God create? Her answer, everything. Mm-hmm. Why did God create us? For his glory. Mm-hmm. Who? Uh, uh, what do we believe about the Holy Spirit? He is God. How many persons are there in God? Three. So it's it's very short answers for her, but she has got 52 questions memorized from that book 
and then we've got the Lord's Prayer memorized, the Ten Commandments memorized, Psalm 23 memorized, and several little Bible songs. And so between all of that, at three years old, she has a very um, large vocabulary that is tied to uh, to to spiritual things, and so she could be sitting in the main service listening to our pastor preach, and if he says something about um, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, or he says something about Abraham, or something about um, about the tabernacle, you know, there's these key words that come mm-hmm. from her catechism or from her Bible stories that she speaks up and says, ah, he said this, and, oh. and it, it, it ties her to to the sermons, it ties her to conversations that her mother and I have with her. Um, so if, if in Colossians 3.16, this is what I sign all of my CDs with when people want an autograph. Colossians 3.16, we're to sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And that's mm-hmm. a command to all Christians and certainly to all families. And so it's three categories of, of, of singing. So the psalms are obviously the 150 psalms we have in the Old Testament. We're commanded to know them, to sing them, to identify with them. Uh, and then hymns are the, the songs that, uh, like we talked about before in the last episode, go all the way back, tying us to millennia and centuries of church history. And then mm. spiritual songs would be songs that more help us articulate the Christian life, that aren't so much uh, catechesis in a musical sense, but they just express our emotions. So I love um, it. Yeah, there's a lot I'll... more to get in on that, uh, but, but that hopefully helps uh, understand a little bit about catechesis. And then if you tie that into the musical element, you think about the old hymns. So Revive Us Again uh, teaches about the Trinity, how firm a foundation um, about the doctrines of the Word of God, and each verse deals with different elements of it. Uh, this is my Father's world is what the Bible teaches about a beautiful but broken world and helps us mm-hmm. deal with that. Um uh, modern hymns, How Deep the Father's Love for Us, uh, talks about substitutionary atonement. In Christ alone is Romans chapter 8, for I'm convinced that nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And I could go I on and on. If, a, if it's a good song, it's going to talk about a doctrine of the church. I love it that you, I love it. The, ah, I can't wait to share this with my own children because I do get a little, I get a little pushback when I want to do hymns and I do love them, even though I'm terrible at singing. Um, I'm just an enthusiastic singer. <laughs> I'm an even better <laughs> listener because I appreciate other people's talent so much. We only have a few minutes and then we have to go to the break. I hope as you're listening that you're getting a sense of how useful this could be as a homeschooling project even. This isn't about brainwashing your kids. This is about giving them the basic vocabulary they need to talk to you at a really deep level about the things that matter, like how faith begins to translate itself into our own hearts and lives. This was this is such valuable stuff, Miles. I'm so excited to come back after the break and talk some more about it with you. Before we go to break, I want to mention, if you want to find Miles, you can find him at Miles, M-I-L-E-S, Pike, P-I-K-E, music.com. And if you're driving, don't have a wreck. I'll put all this in a blog. If you're not signed up for my blog, I hope you will. I've got two great books out. I hope you'll look for those. You can find all of that at Kathy, C-A-T-H-Y, Crafty, K-R-A-F as in Frank, V as in Victor, E as in Edward.com where we speak truth with a Texas twang. 
And we're going to be right back. And when we come back, Miles, I want to talk a little bit about what kind of advice you give to musically challenged parents like me and also what kind of things you're seeing out there in the big culture since you have traveled all over the United States. Will you kind of get your mind around that and start come back with some of those ideas for us? Absolutely. Okay, we'll see you in just a minute, folks. Stay with us. We don't want to miss a moment at Fireside Talk Radio, so stay tuned for more adventures as we talk about the things women store and ponder in their hearts. More truth with a Texas twang when we return. Y'all to see my blue-eyed Sally. She lives way down on Shimbone Alley. The number on the gate and the number on the door in the next house over is a grocery store. Want to move from coexisting to cherished? From isolated to influential? Hi, this is Kathy. Just for you, we have two books out now devoted to creating better conversations. Life-changing conversational adventures. Marriage Conversations, From Coexisting to Cherished, is 20 chapters packed with easy, practical ideas. This is the book I wrote for my kids. It's brimming over with personal stories and stuff I learned the hard way. Then the well, the art of drawing out authentic conversations explores over 40 different ways Jesus launched the woman at the well from lonely to leadership. You can find our books with our wonderful publishers, Cross River Media and Elk Lake Publishers, at local bookstores or at Amazon.com. Buy two, one to read out loud to your hubby and one to share with a friend. Order yours today and have your own conversational adventures tonight. What if I told you there was a new place for senior care? A place where mom's bathtub recitals are met with rousing applause? (laughs) Where Lola the Yorkie Poo has the run of the place? A place where corn dogs are on the menu whenever? It's home. Where mom built her life. Call Home Instead Senior Care at 1-800-455-CARE or visit homeinstead.com to learn more about in-home services like 24-hour care, memory care, hospice support, and meals and nutrition. Oh, miles and miles of Texas. Yeah. We want to thank our generous sponsors for making these candid conversations possible at Fireside Talk Radio where we talk openly about the things women store and ponder in their hearts, where truth and Texas twang meet. Hey there, we're talking to Miles Pike, and I've just enjoyed his voice so much. I feel like I'm home. Miles, it's so good to have a fellow Texan on the show. And you are a encyclopedic reference for me when it comes to music. I... I know it's been your mission throughout your entire life, but you're not that old to have so much scholarly wisdom and knowledge stored up there in your brain. Okay, so one of the things I wanted to bring up with you, people have all these kind of strange ideas, like even listening to you, I thought, oh, I I know some of my listening friends are going to think, oh, this sounds like brainwashing. I used to have people say stuff to me like when we were home, we've done all, we're, we're just pro-education. We just love self-learning, really. But we did yep. we did public school, private school, and homeschool. But when we homeschooled, people would say to me, are you worried about their social life? Like, how will they relate to other children? And I would say, well, first of all, 
I'm not worried about their social life because we're having trouble getting our educating in because we are doing so much social stuff. As soon as people find out we don't have a schedule, like a, a routine, nor like mm-hmm. what you would expect going to school till three o'clock, they want us to do stuff all day long. So we're having trouble being disciplined and staying home and getting our work done. But also when everybody grows up, they're going to all be adults. <laughs> I, I just, I think they're going to be yeah. fine, you know? So uh, well, that has that proved to be true. So tell me some mm-hmm. of the pushback you get from parents when you talk to them about even beginning as such, like, I just have to tell you, I wish my parents had known to do this for me. I was a spiritually alert child as a tiny, tiny person. And I wish my parents had known to give me the vocabulary so that I would have words to ask the questions I had. So talk to me a little bit about that. Well, uh, just a quick uh, note on what you just said about, um, you know, worried about, you know, their social interaction. Martha's was, was one of eight. I'm an only child. We both were homeschooled. I had a little bit of public, a little bit of private, but it was mostly homeschooled. And and one thing I want to I want to point out is if you're a Christian parent, then this should matter to you. If you look at the Ten Commandments, there is uh, the, the first commandments are how we relate to God, and the last are how we relate to others. And the very first one, whenever it turns to how we relate to others, is honor your father and mother. And if and if you cannot accomplish that in the home at an early age where there is an understanding of authority, and when you grow up, you're going to go out and have to relate to other people, if they don't know how to relate to their parents first, or excuse me, to God first, and then their parents, it, it's not really going to matter what you've done to socialize them. It's going to be stilted, and it's going to be corrupted because their priorities are going to be all out of, of whack. And so, mm. uh, you know, I found so much the, the frustration in my life is I see Christian parents who don't understand why why their children are having these issues and having problems obeying and having problems staying away from this problem, trouble and that trouble, I'm going to steal a, a quote from Vody Balkum, who is a, is a fantastic preacher, but he said, we've got to stop sending our children to Caesar and then wondering why we end up with little Romans. <laughs> One hour on Sunday morning is not enough to undo the hours upon hours of indoctrination they get from the school and from the culture and from television and all that kind of stuff. And so... Whenever you have this opportunity to teach them, there's not a time that's too early to start. And one of the pushbacks that I get is, well, they don't, you know, when it comes to catechism, you know, they don't understand that. They don't understand about God and about, you can't teach them about the Trinity. That's too big of an idea uh, because they don't understand it. Well, if that's your thought process, then you don't need to teach them to say please. You don't need to say need to teach them to say thank you or you're welcome or yes, ma'am, or no, ma'am. Just don't even teach them manners because they don't understand it. The thing is, it doesn't matter that they understand it. It's a matter that they get good habits, that they get good responses, that they learn the discipline of memorization, which if you don't mm. start that early, it is a challenge to get. And so it, 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 it builds such a wonderful foundation on so many levels. And I've got to give you one, uh, one anecdote that, that happened not too long ago. Uh, we were going through the New City Catechism with Lily, um, where we going through the, the 52 questions uh, that she's got, got memorized. Well, I was at the next to the last or two or three questions from the end, and every time that I introduced a new question, I always did this. I would read the question. I would read the, the entire, you know, little paragraph answer, 
and then I would mm-hmm. read the Bible verse with her, and then I'd go back and ask the question and give her my, stand, my, my shortened answer that I had already thought over, because she couldn't do a paragraph at this age, but she could do, you know, just a few words. And so I went through all of that, yeah. I got back and I asked the question, and then I was fixing to give her my shortened answer, and without any cues, without any hesitation, she gave me her own answer. And I want you to think about a two-and-a-half-year-old coming up with this on her own. The question was, what is the church? And her answer in her little two-and-a-half-year-old voice was God's chosen people. Aww. And, I mean, I, I, I don't think a theologian could have summarized it any better than that. And And I just... I asked her again because I thought I must have misheard because there's no way she got this from me, you know, because we've not talked about this before. But between her immersion in church and concerts and in the uh, in the catechism and the scripture, she came up with that at two and a half on her own. Mm, mm, mm. Wow. I mean, think what that's doing for her self-esteem to know that she is she is somebody that God has sought out. I mean, to know that at two rather than nine, when I was 19, when I began to understand that God was seeking me out to choose me, I I think that's amazing that she is being um, grounded in that from such an early age, Miles. Congratulations. You and Martha are kind of amazing in that way, and I'm so happy for your children. Oh, they're they're an absolute joy. And um, and one thing that I would... um, I would encourage is, I mean, I know for us, we had years of marriage and preparation and talking with, with other parents and having been prepared by good godly parents uh, for this. But maybe you're a new Christian and, and you're not sure where to go with this. I'm just, I want to list a, a handful of resources that you can back this podcast up, jot them down, uh, save them, go Google them, and they, yeah, they'll well, be invaluable to you. And just, uh, oh, just, do we need a break? Well, no, what I was going to say is, would you mind, if you'll send those to me in an email, I'll definitely put them in a blog. So that'll make it easy for people to find them, too. Yeah. Okay. So go ahead and tell us your list. Yeah. The the New City Catechism by Tim Keller. Uh, Truth and Grace. It's a three-book series by Tom Astell, and you can find it at Founders Press. Three little bitty books. And in those three books, you're going to find catechism, memory verses, and hymns that you go Ah. through with your children. And the purpose is you go from the, the first book starts with content that's appropriate for children who are like from from two to seven. The second one's from eight to 12. The last one's from 13 to 17, something like that. And so wow. it's a, that's, that's one of my favorites. I've just started it with Lily. Um, Michael Card's music absolutely bleeds bibbling when you cut it. it it's full oh. of scripture. Uh, so his stuff, the, the the album called the Getty's Kids Hymnal. There's a book on Amazon, I believe you can get called the Metrical Psalter. It's all 150 hymns that are rewritten so they will fit familiar hymn melodies that you would know, whether it be Amazing Grace, Be Thou My Vision, How Firm a Foundation. It. It's brilliant. Um, Steve Green has a volume one and two Hide Them in Your Heart CD collection that's got. Between the two, probably 40 Bible verses that are set to music. And for parents, mm. they get in your heads, and it's like, an, it's like a worm. Love it. You can't get it love out. Love it. Oh, I love um, it. And for, for the grown-ups, if you want something for your own sake to maybe mm-hmm. stretch you a little bit, 
in talking about music and understanding gospel music, the Miles Pike Podcast. I just started it back in October, <laughs> and I'm talking with pastors and artists and all that kind of stuff. Oh, um, so so glad you mentioned that. I'm just a big fan already. So do not miss the Miles Pike Podcast. You can find it on his website. Yeah, absolutely. And do I have time for one one more little story? You do. I, before you do that, I want to say one thing. Um, if you're listening in and, and you're because I have I have Christians that listen in and then I have friends that are not sure about faith or they're curious, but they're not convinced. And I mm-hmm. want you to know, really hear me say this. God respects our free will. He loves us and he respects our free will. And he wants us to think about stuff. And so if you feel a little uncomfortable with some of what Miles has said, because you're just not sure about God, I want you to know that's exactly why I invited him on the show. I wanted to be stretched. I wanted to learn from him. And I hope that he has that same effect on you. I love that about you, Miles. So thank you for stretching us all. I can't wait to get your list and start ordering some of these books for myself and my kids and my grandkids. Okay, tell us your story, and we'll we'll have to watch the clock. Oh yeah, I'm I'm gonna keep it real short. But the the uh, Steve Green uh, album that I mentioned with the Hide Them in Your Heart. I mean, there's uh, the fruit of the spirit. Da, da, da. You know, you memorize the fruit of the spirit. There's one for uh, honor your father and your mother. So very very catchy lyrics. Well, Lily has gotten into this habit where she will say she wants something and then change her mind. And then she wants it and she doesn't. She wants it and she doesn't. So we've been memorizing, without without a song, just memorizing the verse, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Okay. Well, without any coaxing, uh, here just a while back, um, she I, I asked her if she wants something. She said yes. And then I gave it to her. She didn't want it. And I said, Lily, a double... And she said, a double-minded man is unstable. Stable, and I'm unstable. <laughs> She's writing your music so she, for you. <laughs> she she turned it into a song, but also put herself in it. Oh, I love so it. that oh, was a uh, a big uh, a big laugh out loud moment for this dad. And um, anyway, it, it's it's never too early to start, whatever their age, this is the time to begin to plant seeds of truth so that they will bear fruit as they get older. Listen, you've been planting seeds of truth in my heart today, and I'm an old person. So I just want to thank you. I have to close the show. I'm really sad. I knew I've been looking forward from the moment I met you three years ago. I've been looking forward to the moment when God would let us have this conversation. So Thank you for joining me today, Miles. Really, just means so much to oh. me. I'm so honored to have you on the show. Thank you for the opportunity, Kathy, and uh, pray that it was a blessing to all involved. I just know it's going to bless a lot of people. I can't wait to transcribe it and put it into a blog myself. I'll enjoy listening to it again. If you're listening in and you want this information, remember you can find it at milespikemusic.com or Kathy Craffy, K-R-A-F is in Frank, V is in Victor, E is in Edward.com, where we speak truth with a Texas, today double Texas twang. Thank you for joining us today where we speak truth with a Texas twang about the very things that touch our hearts. Thank you for joining us today and we will see you again next week. Oh.
Johnny and Keith.